mystery. I am your host, Kelly. And I am Kelly's sidekick and husband, Austin. So before we get started today, per usual, we're going to say hey to some of our new Patreons. So Shannon Redman and Paige Allen. Thank you guys so much. I actually just finished writing like 90% of the thank you cards with the stickers. So those are going to be going out this week. You guys... Um, I, I, we had so many new Patreons this week that I ran out of stickers. So I had to get a few more made. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for that support. I really, really, really appreciate it. You guys are dope. So dope. Okay. So today we're talking about a story that is very recent, actually occurring on May 9th of this year. So just a little over a month ago. Crazy. So there aren't a ton of details out about this story. However, I have found just about everything I could so far. So we're going to go through the timeline of events, and I imagine that there will be updates in the future as this case continues to unfold. So This is the most recent case we've ever done. Yeah, this is the freshest. And if you're new to the show, I don't know shit about crime. Kelly knows a lot about crime. Yeah. She tells stories. Yeah, that's the gist of it. Wow. That's nuts. That's crazy. Okay, so today we're talking about the murder of Tristan Bailey. So you all might know, other than Austin, obviously, you you all might have heard of this case because it has captivated news outlets, but especially social media with TikToks and Instagram reels being made about this story. And once we get into the details, you'll start to understand why. So we're going to get started. Let's roll. So when Stacy and Forrest Bailey met and started dating, Forrest made it very clear that he wanted four to six children. He wanted a big family and knew that he would get the most meaning and joy out of life from having and raising multiple children. Where are we at? Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. I was like envisioning that. Go ahead. Okay. So um, Forrest and Stacy married and settled down in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Be patient, Austin. You just would have waited for like two seconds. So okay. now on, start it with where the location is, please. Thank you. I did. That was literally the very first. You know what? We're not here to do this. So Stacy worked as a hairstylist, owning her own hair salon called Brush Salon. While I know, right? Okay, it's funny. Kelly owns a hair salon called Blush Salon. Yes, and I, I too am a hairstylist. So anyway, I kind do of do the math on that one. Yeah, I already did one letter. Okay, so Forrest worked at a bank. So fast forward to 2021, and the Baileys now have five kids, earning the moniker the Bailey Seven. First came Brittany, who is now 29 years old, then Alexis, who is now 23. They have one son named Tegan, who is now 21, Sophia, who is 16, and Tristan, the baby of the family who just turned 13 on January 18th. So Tristan's mom, Stacy, remembered the day Tristan was born like it was yesterday. She was the loudest one in the nursery, the only blonde baby there. She made sure everyone knew that she was present as an infant and then even as she grew older. Growing up, she had a very tenacious spirit. She attended Patriot Oaks Academy, which is a K-8 school. 
and she, she played a variety of sports before finding her passion in cheerleading. And her mom spoke about this during her like celebration of life, um, that she was really the, the mom, Stacy was really kind of hesitant to let her get into cheer because she'd had three daughters preceding her three, right? Brittany, Alexis. Yeah. And, um, knew the hours and the like time it took to dedicate to this sport. So she was a little like, I don't know, Tristan, if we should be doing this. And Tristan convinced her, like, this is what I want to do. I'll prove to you that I will put my heart and soul into this. And that is exactly what she did. When she found cheerleading, no other sports existed anymore to Tristan. She had found her true calling. She worked incredibly hard in the gym for hours a day, perfecting her craft and working with multiple coaches. So Tristan was also a very loyal friend. She cared very deeply for her friends. And when it came to her cheer squad, it was known throughout the whole squad. If you messed with one of them, you messed with the whole team. She was very comfortable sharing her feelings for her friends and her family, never letting a day go by without letting them know that she loved them. So she made a competitive cheer squad called Infinity All-Stars and was super proud of this achievement. And her squad actually got a bid to the Summit Cheer Competition, which according to Stacy, is basically your ultimate goal if you are a cheerleader in that area. So I was a cheerleader growing up. This is just a side note. Um, I was a cheerleader all through school, but mine, my cheer experience was only through school. And what I understand from this is that she did competitive cheer and I knew competitive cheerleaders, but I never did like the, the competitive cheer. Mm -hmm. So it is a whole different ball game. It's something aside from cheering for football and basketball. Like they don't do that. They go to competitions and they work their asses off. So she posted pictures from this competition, exploring Disney and their downtime. And Tristan's personality really shined in these pictures. You see her with her braces on, but she's got like beautiful, big teeth, like the most beautiful teeth, big smile, big eyes. Like she's just your quintessential, like cute 13 year old girl with her sparkly bows and her makeup and her lashes. Like she just totally fits the part. And she's wearing these sunglasses that are in the shape of two big black stars. She's in her cheer uniform. Like, she's totally in her element. And then on May 9th of this year, which was Mother's Day. Okay, don't forget oh that. Gosh. Freaking Mother's Day. And only one week after that trip to Disney, Tristan, like many kids her age, snuck out of the house to meet up with some friends just after midnight. And when her family woke up the next day and realized that she was gone, they immediately called the police to report her missing. The St. John's County Sheriff's Office immediately launched a search for Tristan. News and media outlets were alerted of Tristan's disappearance. The school district was notified. The community all came together to search for Tristan. Soon, the missing child alert spread all over the state of Florida. And by 6 p.m. that day, on Mother's Day, Tristan's body was found by a resident just searching oh his own gosh. property, like helping this search, searching his own property. I mean, like I said, everyone really came out of the woodwork to help search for Tristan. The entire community was involved in her search. And it is just absolutely devastating that a resident found her the way that he did. So everything in this case happened incredibly fast. According to the arrest report, investigators were able to comb through security footage from the area. So they were able to get 
security footage from a local community center and multiple people's ring cameras that showed Tristan with a 14-year-old boy named Aiden Fucci just walking around in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They were walking around 1.45 a.m. And then around... So they were they were seen walking on Saddlestone Drive. I actually looked this up in a, on a map to see like what the terrain and everything looked like. So um, they were walking east on Saddlestone Drive, which ends in a cul-de-sac. Okay, and then around and you, it's just picking up on ring doorbells like them yeah, they're picking by. yeah, they're getting picked up on the local community centers, security cameras. They're on multiple people's ring cameras. I haven't seen that footage because it's not out. Right. It's not public. But I just read that that's what they were seen on. Then around 3.27 a.m., the video showed only one person, Aiden, walking west on that same street by himself carrying, but this time he was carrying his shoes. So where Tristan was found was in a wooded area on the south end of a retention pond. And like I said, Saddlestone Drive, where they were walking, ends in a cul-de-sac. At the end of that cul-de-sac... Um, it's kind of just like an open lot. There's not a house at the very tail end of that cul-de-sac. There's woods. There's the pond. That's where she was found. So Tristan was reportedly found clothed, but stabbed at least 114 oh times. Oh, my gosh. At least. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, let's take a moment to recognize. 114 times. Yeah. 114 times. I mean, let that sink in. That's mind-boggling that's like a passionate hate thing that is and somebody close to you yeah yeah that's nuts it's a passionate crime it's it's a sickening crime yeah um at least 49 of those wounds were to her hands arms and head indicating that she fought she fought for her life and investigators were able to find the knife used in the attack in that nearby pond. It was a folding buck knife, and the tip had actually been broken off of that knife, and that tip was found in Tristan's scalp. So Aiden Fucci also went to Patriot Oaks Academy with Tristan, and they actually lived on the same street. Classmates said that the two were friends, but they weren't in a relationship. And, the, like... The vibe I get from Aiden is that he's just a punk ass kid. Like you can look at it, you can look at his pictures, you can look at the way he acts on these virtual court appearances that he's had since then. And he just looks like just a kid who causes trouble and probably cusses at adults for no reason. Just just a kid that starts shit. Like mm-hmm. that's what that's the vibe I get when I watch his videos or look at his pictures. So Police go to Aiden's house, and they bring him in for questioning. But while he's in the back of the cop car, he snaps a selfie on Snapchat in the reflection of the squad car's window that, like, separates the back seat from the front seat. Mm-hmm. And he's holding up a peace sign, and the caption reads, Hey, anybody seen Tristan lately? Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's just, oh, like, salt in the wound. What a yeah. prick. Just what a fucking prick. Like, I don't cuss very often on this uh, show, (laughs) but I mean, this kid deserves it. It makes me so angry. Um, Just taunting and having such disrespect for this person and her family who's actively searching for her. And then who of course has found her deceased in in such a horrible way. Mm -hmm. 
So police go to Aiden's house. They bring him in. And while he's being interrogated by, by police, his story changed multiple times with, quote, admissions of guilt. But we don't know exactly what those statements were. We will eventually, but nothing is out in the public yet. However, enough probable cause was present for the police to obtain a search warrant and go to Aiden's house. They found the clothes that he appeared to be wearing in that video. There was blood present on the clothes. So on Tuesday, May 11th, just two days after her murder, Aiden appeared in virtual court before Judge Michael Orfinger for a detention hearing. And during this hearing, it was about nine minutes long, he was formally charged with second-degree murder, and he was ordered to stay in a juvenile detention for 21 days until the state attorney makes their decision or made their decision on whether or not he would be charged as, as an adult. So during this court appearance, Aiden is shown shaking his head like he doesn't agree with what's going on. And then you can tell he's kind of like trying to conjure up some tears. But all I saw in that video, and you can watch it on YouTube, is a punk ass kid who just regrets getting caught. It's pretty obvious. His lawyer, Anwar Snowbar, also appears to represent Aiden, but the following week, he withdrew as Aiden's counsel because the family is unable to afford his services. So when you have a child that commits a crime like this, you are responsible for that child. So his parents, whether they want to support him or not, which they do, but whether they want to or not, they're responsible for getting their child legal counsel. And since they weren't able to afford his services, um, and I'll touch again on this later, but they had to let go of their lawyer and get a public defender. Mm-hmm. And one I'll touch. One was just appointed to him. What's that? Like one was just appointed to them. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So on May 18th, a celebration of life was held in honor of Tristan Bailey. Everyone showed up in aqua blue, Tristan's favorite color. Her family, friends, teachers, pastors, and coaches all stood and spoke about their favorite memories of Tristan. It was Stacy and Forrest's goal to make it a day of love and light in the midst of such evil. And the event lasted about two hours, and the entire place was packed, full of people who loved and knew Tristan. Outside the Bailey home, a shrine of flowers, pictures, and teddy bears completely covered their front yard. The entire community came out to show support of this family, which was a beautiful thing to see in the midst of such horrible, horrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. On May 27th, a notice of transfer to adult court was filed as Aiden's charges were upgraded to first-degree premeditated murder, and he would officially be tried as an adult. He's 14 years old. And he's going to get tried as an adult. Which I love I it. Reasonable, yeah. yeah, I love to see it. The next day, Aiden appeared in court again, and the judge informed him that his first-degree premeditated murder charge is a capital felony punishable by life or prison, life in prison, or the death penalty. However, since Aiden is only 14 and still technically a juvenile, whether he's getting tried as an adult or not, the death penalty will not be an option. So the most he can get his life in prison. And I'll touch on this again later because I have more details about that as well. But he was transferred to an unknown location because of the publicity of this case. And he'll be held without bond. So Aiden, of course, pleaded not guilty to these charges, which, of course, means there will be a jury trial. 
And during this trial, the evidence in this case will come out. So there will be, there will absolutely be updates in this case as those details begin to come to light. And then in a shocking twist on June 5th, Aiden's mother, Crystal Smith, turned herself in after a warrant was issued for her arrest for tampering with evidence. According to the timeline of events on actionnewsjacks.com, Quote, the warrant says Smith was present on May 9th when Aiden was being interviewed by investigators about Tristan's death. After her son left with deputies, surveillance cameras inside the house captured Crystal Smith going into Aiden's room, grabbing a pair of jeans, then scrubbing the jeans in a bathroom sink. Investigators say she returned the jeans to Aiden's room a couple of hours later. End quote. Wow. Those jeans tested positive for blood, and the sink where she rinsed the jeans also tested positive for blood. And this is one of those dumb bitch moments where somebody who obviously has no common sense thinks that they can just scrub bloody clothing with a little Dawn dish soap and wash away evidence. And every time I see one of these like dumb criminal moments, I think of that meme of the guy driving in his car, listening to a podcast, and it was like, oh, and the... the suspect left victims on the crime scene and he's like oh dumb bitch like that's the the meme about. Uh, i'll have to I, you're spicy today i think i well My this goodness. this makes me mad for so many reasons because not only is this girl dead for no reason and such a brutal heinous crime this 14 year old arrogant little prick is the one that did it mm-hmm. and Third, the mom is trying to cover it up for him. But the mom, okay, but I, I kind of like, I'm going to play devil's advocate here a little bit, okay? Okay. Think of you, have, like, okay, yeah, it could be that she was trying to, whatever, like help with the crime. Or it could be that she's sitting here watching her son that she loves who made this stupid, ignorant action, and she is like just on some wing of hope, like I'm not saying she did the right thing, mm-hmm. but on some ray of hope, she's hoping maybe I can help somehow not put him away for life because it's her son she loves. Like alleviate the punishment. Yeah, or like, yeah, or like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You got to think of, like, I, I don't know the dynamic of the relationships, okay? But mm-hmm. think of, you have a 14-year-old son who does this. Whether this, I mean, this is such an extreme thing that you have to think it's out of character, right? Like, well, I'll touch on that because he had been telling his friends that he planned on killing somebody by taking somebody to the woods and stabbing them. I'm just saying, and he didn't for a say parent, who. Okay, but, but I'm just saying, as a parent, mm-hmm. like, if you didn't know any of this about, like, a lot of a lot of parents are clueless about their kids. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people have their their. They have a 15-year-old kid, a 14-year-old kid, and they think, my kid never, ever would ever think about having sex or do anything, and they don't drink. And meanwhile, they have a kid at school that's, like, complete opposite of what they think. Like selling cocaine. So, like, (laughs) yeah. So I think that, like, you just have to consider that at least. And I'm not normally the one to bring that up. No, I totally get it. I, just so you know, I did think about this, you know, when I was listening to the... Um, videos and podcast or not podcasts, but um, like the news um, conferences, like right, the press yeah. conferences about this case. I thought about her and I thought I tried to put myself in her shoes. I have a son, Jack, he's only eight, but imagining him as a 14 year old, what would I do in that situation? And 
of course I would be devastated to know that my kid committed such a horrific crime. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I would be completely heartbroken for the family that Mm -hmm. lost their child. But I think for some reason you'd have hope that it's not your kid. Oh, I'm sure I would be in denial at first. Right. But then you find bloody clothing and it's like, oh man, come on. I just, I think there are some parents who would go to bat for their kids to the ends of the earth. And there are some kids or some parents who make their kids pay consequences for their actions. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that it has to be one side or the other. Obviously, you know, it gets a little murky in the middle because there are some things like, that are maybe a little more excusable. This is not one of them. No, you know, I there that. are things I'll go to bat for, but I'm also going to make Jack pay consequences for the mistakes he makes. Right, I get that. This is this is not a mistake. This is a horrible act that this kid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, she is going. Well, she has been charged um, with tampering with evidence. And the state attorney on the case, RJ Larissa, said that tampering with evidence is tampering with justice and cannot be excused or tolerated. And I think that right there kind of sums up how I feel about it too. Like, regardless of if you're trying to help your kid, you are tampering with the justice that this girl and her family deserve. No, I'm not saying it's by any means like the right thing to do. No, I know you're not. Different way to think about it. Right. To just, yeah, you're trying to be compassionate mm-hmm. towards this mom who obviously... I Like I said, I think so many parents, like people listening, I think you think, like everybody, I think people think that their kids are perfect. That's what they think. Oh, yeah. There's they a lot of parents in denial. They don't think that their parents are drinking or doing any, like, in your in, in denial. Yeah. And this is one of those cases, and I, I'm going to talk about this at the end too, but just a classic, like case of watch what your kids are doing watch their social media as much as you can try to like you i don't think we see this coming but right god so as this case has gained more and more national attention social media posts have been made in regards to this case and in today's day and age where anyone can say anything online often under an anonymous name the depravity depravity am i saying that right i don't even know what that word is of some people's character. <laughs> I don't know nothing about anything. <laughs> I'm just going to skip. Oh, I scared Hank. Sorry. Um, I'm just going to skate right past that word. But anyway, of some people's character or lack thereof has seeped through the woodworks. And I debated sharing some of the posts made in defense of Aiden, alleging that his motive was sexual in nature, that you know maybe she turned him down or something. I don't know. These dumb kids who make horrible comments and posts online have complete disregard for a a grieving family deserve, and they deserve absolutely no attention. So I'm not going to read specifically what they say because they're disgusting. They're despicable. Um, these kids, I just, it, it blows my mind when you see like what people are saying on Instagram or on TikTok. Go ahead. But, um, Prosecuting attorneys in this case have said that they will look into every single post. And, you know, he also, during a press conference, touched on the fact that, you know, if you have nothing nice to say or nothing positive or helpful to say about this case, then to just keep your mouth shut because they'll figure out who's saying what and charge people with the appropriate crimes for for spreading false information for terrorizing this family. I mean, mm-hmm. people need to face consequences for saying such horrible things online. 
So authorities have alleged that Aiden actually told friends about his plans to kill someone. He never specified who it was, but he indicated to witnesses that he was going to kill someone by taking them in the woods and stabbing them, which is exactly what he did. So why did no one say anything? Nobody said anything. Like no reports were made. No teachers or school officials or pastors or parents were told anything. I am so sick of hearing about cases like this where the murderer makes a comment like a warning about killing or hurting someone and then does it because nobody stepped in to stop them. You just cannot be too careful when it comes to something like this. And I would rather be the person that told an authority and intervened than sit back and watch as this premonition or warning comes to fruition. As far as why a kid would do something like this, I feel like the most common answer leads us back to childhood. Everything we go through, our traumas, our coping mechanisms, everything we go through today as adults, it stems back from our childhood. So Aiden's dad, Jason, who is 36, has an extensive rap sheet, including a jail stay after being charged with lewd and lascivious battery and child abuse in 2003. So at the time he was 18 and he was dating a 15 year old and he got in trouble for that. And, you know, I actually, I actually, I don't, I have to be careful, of course, of how I say this, because essentially it's like a senior dating a freshman or a sophomore, mm-hmm. you know, like, so when you put it like that, is it really that, um, heinous, you know, like when we're talking about lewd and lascivious battery and child abuse, I, I don't picture, uh, you know, a senior and a sophomore or a senior and a freshman in a relationship being a huge issue. I feel like it's super common. A senior and a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. A senior and a freshman is a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen. So, but you see these cases where like the parents get really upset and they're the ones that file charges. And I don't know the details. I don't know if that was the case or if he really did get inappropriate with this girlfriend or Such what. Such an asterisk conversation. Like it's yes. not even worth a conversation having on a podcast because so many people will listen to it and be like, well, this or this, like it's just an asterisk conversation. Yes. Where, There's no details other right. than that. But I just am the type of person who like, I don't want to put my final opinion out there without all the information. So when I say lewd and lascivious battery and child abuse, I would just want to add that it's because he had a a girlfriend that was three years younger and he was a teenager. I mean, when you put those details in, it kind of helps. That's what I mean when I say asterisk conversation. It's like, it's like if you put all these asterisks, it's asterisks, 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 you put all these asterisks next to it of senior, sophomore. It's like, it's a kind of, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know that excuse. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying it's excuse. I just think, you know, there, there's not enough details. He was sentenced to two years of probation, but was later back in jail after violating the conditions of his probation. He's also been charged with theft and driving with a suspended license. In 2016, he was booked after getting into a physical fight at a gas station while his son was present. I don't know if that was Aiden or a sibling. Regardless, that's messed up. Um, fighting in front of your kids. Like, come on, do better, be better, set a better example. So now Jason has a lawn mowing business, which has been gravely affected because of this case, of course. And this was ultimately the reason that a judge allowed Aiden's counsel to withdraw because it was proven that he could not afford their lawyer. So a public defender may be assigned to the case and we'll see how that goes. The next hearing for Aiden is set for July 28th, and this will be a pre-trial hearing. So 
A person convicted of first-degree murder will usually face a sentence of 25 years to life in prison, and the state attorney shared that they plan to seek a life sentence without parole, but if Aiden receives life in prison, he will be eligible for review at the age of 25 since he is currently a minor. And right now, there is a statewide effect, or I'm sorry, a statewide effort to reduce the sentences of juveniles. So I'm curious to see how that plays out in this case. I'm also worried to see how that affects this case because I would be disappointed to see him granted any type of leniency just because of his age. In my opinion, you play adult games, you get adult prizes. This kid is a dangerous person. He deserves to rot in prison as some old inmates bitch for what he did to Tristan. Oh my gosh, you're so spicy today. I am just so mad. I'm just really mad. I don't mean to laugh and downplay it. I just, man, it makes me so mad. This little So is there, is there, there's no, nobody else even is a suspect in the case? No. Um, They were with more people at the beginning of the night, but they left by themselves. The camera only shows them two walking together. It's crazy that there's even going to be a trial. Like, why? Like, just it's. How can you say you're not guilty? 114 stab wounds. So the the prosecuting attorney in this case. said in a statement that this is clearly premeditated. Every time he brought his arm back and every time he brought his arm down, it was premeditated, a premeditated movement. So with 114 stab wounds, that's 228 acts of premeditation. So I don't know how, I mean, unless he, I I don't know. I would assume that in a case like this, you would take a plea deal to get a lesser sentence because you're leaving it up to a jury. When you're clearly obvious. Clearly going to find you guilty. And the prosecuting attorney is going to be recommending life without parole. So who knows? Who knows what could happen? Things could change. Things could always change. Chris Watts pleaded not guilty at first before he finally took a plea deal and admitted that he killed his wife and kids in in an effort to escape the death penalty. So, I mean, things could change. So the only takeaway I can get from this case is that parents need to be active in their kids' lives, especially in their social media. With apps like Snapchat where chats are deleted immediately after viewing, it's really hard to see exactly what your kids are talking to their friends about. And there's a really fine line between giving your kids a little freedom and independence and then being a totally absent parent. So... Could this case have been prevented if someone came forward about Aiden's conversations with friends? Who knows? We'll never know because nobody stepped forward. But like I said, I'd rather be known as the person who said something about it than the person who stood idly by. So speak up when you see things that are out of the ordinary or you think that somebody might be in danger or that somebody might be a dangerous person. Speak up. There's plenty of resources you can use to stay anonymous too. If you're afraid of telling and being, you know, labeled as a snitch or whatever, there's plenty of anonymous resources. Um, and you know, make sure you have an open dialogue with your kids. I guess that's. <laughs> you looked at me like it. I was my turn to talk. No, I agree. That's a freaking crazy case. Super unfortunate. You got spicy. Might want to throw a warning on the beginning of this episode. I'm gonna go get us dinner, Mama. Mystery out. And I'll continue to update as this trial begins. Oh, okay. Sorry. sorry, I hit it early. It's all right. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> hit us with the ratings. Mama, mystery out. Bye.